Dion Aikman had just arrived in Cincinnati, Ohio to visit family, especially his half-brother, William Rowland. Dion was living in Memphis, Tennessee, and was looking forward to seeing his brother, as he hadn't seen him in a while, and the two were known to be very close. Dion, at age 32, was considered to be the life of the party, while his brother William, age 22, was more of the laid-back one. On Monday, September 26, 2005, the brothers went out on the town, hitting up a couple of bars and clubs, and they eventually found themselves at the Parktown Cafe around 10 o'clock p.m. A man called the two brothers outside, although witnesses weren't sure why. The brothers were never seen or heard from again. Where are Dion Aikman and William Rowland? case involves two half-brothers who went missing together. Imagine how hard it is to have one family member disappear, let alone two. This family is devastated, and even though this happened back in 2005, the family and law enforcement are still seeking answers. 
The goal of our show is to spread awareness of these unsolved missing person cases, usually those that are lesser known. In this case, authorities believe that there were eyewitnesses to what happened on that Monday night when the brothers disappeared and are just needing someone to come forward with information. In many cases, someone might not even be involved, but might have heard something or been told something by someone else who was involved, and that person could be the key to solving this case. Before we jump into Dion and William's story, a few quick updates on the show. I am working on an update episode on the Harmony Montgomery case. It will be part three. There have been some developments that have come up, and I'm putting together some more information and should have that episode up in the next few days. Harmony is the five-year-old girl missing from New Hampshire under very suspicious circumstances. I want to give a big welcome to our new Patreon member, Aaron, with an E. Thank you for supporting our show and our mission. If you are interested in joining us, you can receive podcast merch and bonus episodes, as well as a shout out here, of course, and it helps support our charity partners. You can find us at www.patreon.com slash where are they podcast. And lastly, a big thank you to Simply Earth for sponsoring this episode. I talked about them a couple of weeks ago, and I have to admit I am completely obsessed. They are offering our listeners a free diffuser when you purchase your essential oil kit from them. And if you follow our podcast on Instagram, you might have seen the video I uploaded. It changes colors and they send you special oil recipes to use in it. And it smells so good. But more on them in a bit. But that does remind me, make sure you are following us over on Instagram at the Where Are They podcast. So now let's get into the story of Dion Aikman and William Rowland. Dion was the older of the two, born January 20th, 1973. In 2005, he was 32 years old. Dion was not shy and was a very outgoing kid. Dion's nickname was Bebe, and he had the name tattooed on his neck. In the 1990s, Dion found himself in some legal troubles, and in 1991, he did some time in jail for theft. In 1998, he was arrested on a drug charge, but received community service and didn't have to do any time. Both brothers had recently become involved in church and had just become baptized. Dion's younger brother, William, was born June 6, 1983, and despite being half-brothers and a 10-year age gap, everyone said they considered themselves not only brothers, but best friends. Before joining the church and being baptized, Will was in some legal trouble himself. He had done a few months in jail for drug possession and had been released earlier in 2005. But the family insists the two were getting their life together and wanting to do better but it just may have been too late. The guys had been struggling. Dion couldn't find a job because he had a felony on his record, and he started talking about moving to St. Louis to start fresh and to get away from people he knew that were still involved in drugs. William was only 22 and had been working to get his life together in Cincinnati. But something would go very wrong. On September 26th, a Monday, the two young men went out. Dion had only been in Cincinnati for a day and really wanted to spend some time with his brother. 
Reports say that they visited a couple of bars and clubs, including a possible visit to Duke's place, but we are going to come back to that in a few minutes. Around 9.45 p.m., the two brothers made their way to Parktown Cafe. I wondered what kind of place this Parktown Cafe might be, and Googling it honestly kept leading me to other places. But a few of the articles listed an address as 1726 Lynn Street, and Google Maps shows me a brick building that does have a Parktown Cafe sign embedded kind of in the brick. But the overhead awning states that it is a mattress store, but honestly, it looks like it's in rough shape. Of course, these Google images I have are from 2021, so I am sure a lot has changed since 2005. The building itself has graffiti spray painted on it, and the only other nearby buildings look pretty run down and possibly abandoned. I would definitely describe this West Side neighborhood as being in desperate need of a city beautification project. But the brothers were seen there between 9.45 and 10 o'clock p.m. The next day, some construction workers were working nearby and one of them heard a phone ringing. A couple of the workers followed the sound and found some very disturbing things in a dumpster on McMicken Avenue. Inside was a ringing cell phone and a pile of other items, including a ball cap, two wallets, and a set of keys. The man answered the ringing phone, and it was a relative of Dion and William. They never went long without talking to their family, so the fact that this relative hadn't heard from them, and of course learning that their items were found in a dumpster, was extremely troubling to say the least. And that wasn't the worst of it. The ball cap that was found, a white Cincinnati Reds ball cap that had belonged to William, had blood on it. Police start investigating and searching the area, and their father comes out to help search the area also. But they don't find anything. They are able to speak to some people who verified that both Deanne and William were there on the night of the 26th, and a couple of people reported seeing a white van driving through the area at the same time. This van was known to be a local drug dealer, and police began to believe that the guys might have been mixed up in the drug scene once again. Except that those that knew them didn't think that was the case. They believed someone might have been after them from something in their past as a retaliation, so to speak, but do not believe either men were involved in drugs. Others said that the men were inside the Parktown Cafe when a man came in to get them and asked them to come outside for a minute. When the man came back in, he was alone and Deanne and William were not with him. Authorities put out some more calls for witnesses to come forward, but people were leery. Police believe the high crime in that area had people afraid to speak up. Law enforcement does believe this is a homicide, but they are certain that there are eyewitnesses to whatever happened that night. The case would move slow, too slow, until 2010, when a news article hit the Cincinnati Press and got people talking about Dion and William once again. There was a huge raid on a place in Cincinnati called Duke's Place, located at Lynn Street and Oliver Street. Over 100 officers raided the place after it was under investigation for several months 
for illegal gambling, weapons, drugs, and murder. In fact, law enforcement claims that they were able to tie seven murders to the place, which is what began the investigation process on Duke's place. Listed within those seven murders, Dion Aikman and William Rowland. Duke's place was a secret operation. One officer explains, You got past the first door with a buzzer and then had to ring another door, which allowed someone to look at you through closed-circuit TV. Once you got past that locked door, there was high-stakes gambling going on along with other illegal activities. Since the brothers were known to have made a stop at Duke's place that night they disappeared, September 26, 2005, police believe it was something that possibly happened there that led to their murder. Of course, at this time, we still don't have any hard evidence to charge anyone in their murder or even find where these men are. Derek Reagan, owner and operator of Duke's Place, was arrested. Take a listen to this news clip reporting on that raid back in 2010. Now, just last night, police, as well as deputies, and the FBI all teamed up. They raided this building right here, plus a nearby house that came up with roughly a million dollars in cash, plus drugs, as well as guns. Right now, Derek Reagan is arrested for operating a gambling house here in the West End. You're looking at Reagan's business. It's called Duke's Place. The house joint had been running for several years. Constant complaints in the neighborhood led to a lengthy investigation of this building. It was uncovered that not only could you buy food here as it was licensed, you could get alcohol, drugs, and other items all available. And if you were buzzed through a a back door, you were in a high-stakes poker house where most had to pay several thousand dollars just to get in. In addition to that, uh, there was numerous items being sold inside of this establishment. Everything from stolen socks to stolen beer to firearms to drugs. If anybody has any information of any type of criminal activity that Mr. Reagan may have been involved in, that they could contact our Crime Stoppers at 352-3040. And detectives are looking for that help because they say with Reagan behind bars, they believe people who have information on this man will come forward. They say they have seen resistance to information on him in the past because he's much feared in this community. But with him being behind bars and they say he's going to be there for some time, they hope some of those people step up and come forward. So if the men were part of something that was going on at Duke's place, it seems likely they met with something sinister while there. And we'll get into theories in a minute, but it doesn't seem like there is any legitimate reason to be hanging out at Duke's place. So what were the men up to? Did it involve illegal gambling or maybe drugs? Before we get into the theories and possibilities in this case, I want to give a thank you to this week's episode sponsor, Simply Earth. And seriously, guys, if you use our link in the notes and on social, you will get that amazing diffuser that I posted about for free. I'll post it again on our Instagram story, so make sure you are following. You all know I have to check out each company before I recommend them, and I can't even tell you how much I love Simply Earth. 
I've always been very scent driven and always loved using oils and diffusers, but never really knew how to use them to their potential. In fact, sometimes I would buy them and not even know what to do with them and they would just sit there. This is what I love about Simply Earth. Simply Earth offers recipes to help you create the perfect blend of oils for you and your home. Their monthly kit, for example, comes with four different oils and six recipe cards. No more questioning what to do with them or how to use them. Not only does Simply Earth offer 100% pure oils, no artificial fragrance, and no fillers like you'll find with other store-bought oils, which, by the way, can also contain toxic properties, but they donate 13% of profits each month to charities dedicated to ending human trafficking around the world. And you all know how I feel about that especially after covering some of the cases we've covered. One of the products Simply Earth offers is a monthly kit, which takes the guesswork out of oils. They will send you four oils and six recipe cards every month. There is also no commitment you can cancel at any time. Simply Earth even offers more than just oils. They have specialty kits, additional recipes, jewelry, and even personal care products like body wash, shampoo, and deodorant. Simply Earth is also more affordable than MLMs, healthier than buying from chain stores, and more fun because Simply Earth also walks you through the process of actually using your oils. The essential oils alone would cost over $100 from other companies, but with the Simply Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box, you get four oils, six recipe cards, and extra ingredients for only $39. And when you subscribe, you get a free big bonus box with even more all-natural goodies. Using essential oils to support your wellness doesn't have to be overwhelming. Have fun making your home toxin-free with Simply Earth's Essential Oil Recipe Box. Plus, get a free 80 milliliter essential oil diffuser when you subscribe using our link, simplyearth.com where are they? We will have the link on our social media as well as in our show notes for you. That's simplyearth.com forward slash where are they? Okay, so let's talk about what might be going on here with these brothers. And unfortunately, all of the theories really end up in the same place. I don't think anyone believes Deanne and William are alive. But it's still important to say that we don't have a lot of concrete information. Theory number one, foul play from something that went down at Duke's place. It isn't talked about much except in that one article I read, but it seems the police have made a connection between the illegal activities at Duke's place and Deanne and William. What's sad is both men were believed to have been turning their lives around. And Dion had only been in Cincinnati visiting family for one day when he vanished. One day. So does this mean that it was William that knew about Duke's place and took his brother there? Or some family has said that they didn't think William and Dion were into anything bad, but that something had come up from their past. Something or someone had come after them for retaliation. Nothing additional was ever said about that, though. Retaliation for what? And did it involve both brothers or just one? Police have connected other murders to Duke's place, including the murder of Terry Dennis in 2007. 
Terry was on his way to see Derek Reagan at Duke's place when he was shot and killed inside of his car. As law enforcement has stated, if you involve yourself with criminals, criminal things will likely happen. I checked out the map to see the location for Duke's Place, Parktown Cafe, and McMicken Avenue where the dumpster was with all of their belongings, and they are all within a mile of each other. Theory number two. Foul play, unrelated to Duke's Place. They were last seen at a place called Parktown Cafe, not Duke's Place. So while maybe someone from Duke's came by to find them, Maybe something else happened to them altogether. The man that came in looking for them might have been someone who knew William and wanted to talk to them. Maybe he tried to sell them drugs and they refused, which led to a dispute. Maybe they had a dispute about something else completely. Someone owed someone money. Or maybe someone they had had a fight with or an altercation with previously. Sometimes crimes are a wrong place, wrong time situation. Unless law enforcement tells us otherwise, we just don't know for sure whether or not their disappearance is related to Duke's place or something else. Without having any more details, it's really hard to say. But both theories, we are led to the same conclusion that Deanne and William are no longer alive. The family believes this also because they know these guys would never go that long without contacting them. If they were murdered, then the next question becomes, where are they? The location where they were last seen is in the city. There are people around and a lot of activity. The reports refer to it as the West End, but looking at the map, it looks a little bit north of the city also. The location is just about two miles from the Ohio River. Aside from there, it's hard to say where the bodies may have been taken. But in reality, they could have even been driven out of the area. Especially if these people that did this were experienced in that sort of thing. In fact, Cincinnati is a bustling city with a population of over 300,000. But within an hour's drive, you can be in a rural area of Ohio, Kentucky, or even Indiana. This still leaves me with questions. The personal items that were found in the dumpster, were they ever tested for DNA? The thing about criminals is they usually re-offend, and if that's the case, their DNA and fingerprints can be in a database. Or if they aren't, they have the information to use for comparisons later but we don't know what the status of those items was. What about any surveillance or traffic cams? It seems like the type of area that might not have any, especially in 2005, but we know that Duke's place did. It's unfortunate the raid happened five years after Dion and William disappeared. I'm certain the footage that might have held all the answers or at least some clues was long gone. And I also wonder about the man who came in to summon both Dion and William out of Parktown Cafe. Who was he? And it seems witnesses were able to identify him, but it hasn't been made public. Police have said they need someone to come forward. They know that there are multiple people out there that know what happened, and they just need someone to talk. Both men are listed in the Charlie Project, NamUs, and the Doe Network. So hopefully if 
unidentified bodies are found, a match could be made via DNA. And I also suppose if no one comes forward to talk, the only other hope is that their bodies are found and identified. What do you think might have happened to these two brothers? Where are they? William Rowland is described as a black male, 5 foot 8 inches tall and 145 pounds at the time he disappeared. William had short black hair and dark eyes and was 22 years old. Today, he would be 38 years old. He was wearing a white shirt, long black denim shorts, Air Force One sneakers, a white Cincinnati Reds baseball cap that was recovered, a silver necklace with a silver cross pendant, and a silver necklace with a photo pendant on one side and Daddy's Little Angel inscribed on the back. William has a tattoo on his upper left arm of a photo of a woman with RIP above and the date 8-4-2001 or 8-4-2002 below it. The tattoo may also have the name Charlene Rowland below the date. He has a surgical scar on his right arm, surgical scars on both sides of his left knee, surgical scars on the right side of his chest and a keloid scar, which is possibly on his left thigh. William Rowland might go by the nicknames Will or Pooh. Dion Aikman is described as a black male, 5 foot 3 inches tall, and weighing around 115 pounds at the time he was last seen. He was 32 years old and would now be 48 years old. He had very short black hair and brown eyes. Dion was wearing a long white t-shirt, black jean shorts, gray, black, and red Air Force One sneakers. He has a tattoo of his name, Bebe, on his neck, his ears are pierced, and he wears a full set of dentures. Dion has previously fractured his arm. He may be using the alias name Jamal McCoy, and some accounts spell his first name a few different ways. You might see it D-I-O-N, D-E-O-N or D-E-I-O-N. If you have any information on the whereabouts of Dion Aikman or William Rowland, please contact the Cincinnati Police Department at 513-352-3542 or Crime Stoppers, where you can remain anonymous at 513-352-3040. Someone knows something. Please share Dion and William's story and let the family know that they are not forgotten. This is a family that have waited over 16 years for answers and lost not just one loved one, but two. Thank you all so much for listening to their story. And a big thank you once again to Simply Earth for sponsoring this episode I'll have their link in the notes and on social media. Also, if you have a case suggestion for us, please email me at canwefindthem at gmail.com or send me a message on Instagram or Facebook. We will, of course, be back again next week with another Unsolved Missing Person episode and a bonus episode on Patreon this weekend. We hope to see you there. And until then, stay safe and Hug your loved ones.